It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and of course, here on Sundays, following Carolina Panthers games, and especially games like today, where they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21-3. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel, where... Hopefully every Sunday moving forward, I'll go live like I am right now. So if you ever missed a live broadcast, that's okay. You can always check out the podcast on your podcasting feeds, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to this show and all your favorite podcasts, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can check us out there. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council, to participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked on. The Carolina Panthers, 21. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 3. Who could have seen that one coming? What we just witnessed is quite possibly the most inexplicable win in Carolina Panthers history. And I'm not saying inexplicable because I'm upset about the result. I am elated about the result. The Carolina Panthers won a football game. I had someone on Twitter ask me, like, how should I feel about this? You should be feel happy. You know why? Because the Carolina Panthers rarely win games. Anytime they win, you should celebrate. Now, I'm not going to tell you how to feel. I know I just did. But if you don't want to be happy about it, by all means, don't be happy. But for me, I cannot believe they won this game against Tampa where Tom Brady looked awful. And it's not like the Panthers got a ton of pressure on him either. He just was bad. The dude looked cooked. And the Panthers blew out the Bucks. They kicked their ass. What on earth did I just watch? Like, it's been a long day for your boy, y'all. Like I told you on Friday, I was headed up to Rhode Island for a wedding. I had a 6 a.m. flight out of Providence that I missed. I never was going to make that flight. I should have known when I booked it, there was no chance. But I had to get in town in time for the game. I went cheap. Didn't want to pay $200 for the earlier or the later flight at 930, which eventually I did get on and got here just in time. And when I'm driving in, I'm wondering, what's the game day traffic going to be like? Well, there was no game day traffic coming down Wilkinson Boulevard, then getting on 277 and looking at the stadium. It was just weird. And when I looked over and saw people there, I honestly kind of felt sorry for them because I thought they were in in for like a long afternoon. And by all means, it was a pretty boring game in the first half. The Panthers somehow had a 7-0 lead. 
P.J. Walker throws an excellent ball to D.J. Moore, who did a great job getting his feet down in the back of the end zone. And who, who knows? Panthers are up 7-0. They come out in the second half, 3-and-out, 3-and-out, 3-and-out. Bucks can't capitalize. Then the Panthers, once again, go 3-and-out, but this time they go 77 yards for a touchdown. They're up 14-0. And I am just dumbfounded by what is happening. This team that just traded away their best offensive player rushed for, what, 170 yards today? Against Tampa, Deontay Foreman looked like the dude who played for the Tennessee Titans last year. Chuba Hubbard still can't catch the football, but Chuba played well. This team, this offense has looked the best it has looked all season long, and they still weren't like a juggernaut today. But they can score 21 points, their defense can have a chance. And the defense was excellent all day long, getting after Brady and playing against this Bucs team. And now the Bucs, they certainly didn't help themselves at all by their performance. Like, they were garbage. Like, Tampa Bay lost last week to Pittsburgh, which was then the biggest upset in the NFL season. Today, by the odds, was the biggest upset because the Panthers were a 13-point home underdog, and they beat Tampa Bay by 18 points. Who saw this coming? Anyone? Did any of you? Because I'm looking at the chat. Did any of you see this game coming? Because I certainly... Did not. I had no faith. I honestly thought the Panthers were going to probably get blown out. I thought it was going to be the opposite, that this was going to be a get-right game for Tampa Bay. Instead, is it a get-right game for the Carolina Panthers? Now, no, I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to say that. But it does feel pretty good, though, to be 2-5 and five overall and 2-0 and in the division. And when you look at the divisional standings, and we'll get into it later on here on the show, the Panthers are one game out of first place. And they currently have the tiebreaker over Tampa, a team who they have not come close to beating the past two seasons when Matt Rule's head coach. And then today, it took him behind the woodshed. <laughs> I mean, what? I'm happy for Steve Wilkes. I really am happy for that man. Of course, a Charlotte guy. Went to App State. Coached at Johnson C. Smith. Went to West Charlotte, Dub C. He's a lion. And then to be in a situation, to be given this team where I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, this is not a good Good situation at all for Steve Wilkes to be stepping in. Like, I'm happy the dude gets an opportunity to be an interim head coach and get that chance to show the rest of the league and the owner here, David Tepper, who said he has to do an incredible job to even be considered. Well, hey, Dave, today was pretty incredible, no? So maybe listen to how Steve Wilkes presents himself and carries himself and the fact that he's gotten these dudes to buy in and that he was willing to change his game plan. Because last week, the offensive game plan was horrid. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish. They certainly were not trying to score points. It worked for a half with Dante Jackson getting the pick six. But overall, they just weren't going to win that way. And the way the offensive line blocked today for the run game and that they allowed P.J. to throw it down the field. And Steve Wilkes showed on that first play of the game, going to Terrace Marshall, where Terrace has got to come with that ball. And Terrace actually you know, had a decent game with the opportunities he had. If he would have caught that ball, it would have been even better. That showed right away, like, hey, we saw what we did last week. That's not going to work. And P.J. Walker even talked about it after the game, how he had he got more comfortable be, getting all the first-team reps. Because last week, it's, you know, you're getting thrown in there, your head coach is gone, yet Baker's injured. It's just a weird situation to go through. And there's all these all the noise surrounding, hey, this team's going to be the worst team in the NFL. I mean, they, at, at that point, they were. And certainly last week, offensively, didn't lead you to believe that that was not the case at all. But for P.J. to be back in the offense again, taking all the reps, and to be the number one guy, he looked a lot better. And certainly Ben McAdoo, who I thought called a really good game today. 
be able to mix things up to not just have all the short throws, but having some of those throws that really got him comfortable to where, hey, maybe we can hit some of those corner routes. And getting DJ Moore involved, the throw down the sideline to Tommy Trimble was spectacular. Like, PJ, he looked game, man. He looked good. And in the first half, and we're going to get into more of his performance later on, but in the first half, he was 11 for, 20, or what, 11 for 12, 125 yards, had a, a, a 137.3 passer rating like he looked good like he looked confident compared to what he did last week so I give credit to Steve Wilkes and his coaching staff for being able to circle the wagons get these guys bought in and understand like what they did last week against the Rams is just not winning football and when you get an offense that can do what they did today with that defense you have a chance to win some games I'm not saying they're gonna go out here and win a lot of games because they're still not gonna be very good like let's understand yeah the Carolina Panthers won a game today celebrate that I'm happy about that maybe you're not happy maybe you are happy I don't know but they're still not good this is still not a good football team this division is trash but the Carolina Panthers went out there and they kicked Tom Brady's ass and as far as I'm concerned any day the Panthers beat up on Tom Brady that's a good day to me and to see Steve Wilkes, who comes out early in the week and said, we are not tanking. And he said right off the bat, that did not look like a team that's trying to tank. Players don't tank, man. The organization can try and tear it down. When you get rid of players like McCaffrey, who the Panthers seemingly didn't need today, like McCaffrey's still a really good player. And I'm someone who's on record of saying that all running backs in the NFL should be making federal minimum wage. You can get production out of guys like Chuba Hubbard, and Deontay Foreman like we saw today. Like, when you do a by-committee approach, you can get production. We saw with Mike Davis back in 2020. It can happen. You don't have to pay running backs that kind of money that the Panthers paid Christian McCaffrey. Now, Christian's obviously better than those guys, and he's special. And when you can have a player like that, absolutely you want him. But is it necessary? No, it's not. The Panthers got a good offensive game plan today, and things worked out. And Steve Wilkes and that team showed everyone out there. Me, you, whoever else that doubts them, and you should certainly doubt them, reasonably so, that they're still going to compete, that they're not going to sit here and get beat down week in and week out. Like, they are going to try and win football games. So I'm happy as hell that the Panthers won a game because, as I've said, I rarely get to do these shows where I'm getting to talk about a Carolina Panthers victory. So when they do it, damn it, I'm going to be happy about it, and I'm going to try and get fired up, but I'm also not going to get too carried away because I also understand, like I've said, like this is still – not a great football team. So we'll see what happens moving forward as, hey, the division race with Atlanta next week. Uh, we'll go over a little bit later. Look at the schedule. Look who Tampa's playing on Thursday. Look who New Orleans plays next week. It's not crazy to say that this could be a first place team come next week this time on Sunday. So we'll get into that here in a little bit later. But Steve Wilkes, P.J. Walker, we always do this. The backup starts winning games. He, this in, in this instance wins a game. And we wonder, hey, is this your guy moving forward? Steve Wilkes did answer a question about whether P.J. Walker would be a starting quarterback moving forward. So we'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by our friends over at Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market. You can now invest professional athletes just like stocks. It's a low-risk alternative to sports betting, and athlete prices move based on performance and supply and demand. So, for example, if you invested in Jalen Hurts a year ago, you'd be up to 48, you'd be, you'd be up 48.2%. All athletes also benefit too and are entitled to a percentage of their market cap. You can invest in sport, 
in four sports, not just the NFL, but UFC, the NBA, Major League Baseball. Everyone knows you should be investing, but why not invest in what you actually know as a football fanatic? Download the, pri- the Prediction Strike app and use code LOCKEDON. For a free share when you sign up and make a first deposit of $20 or more, that's promo code LOCKED, actually, not locked on. Promo code LOCKED for a special one-time giveaway. Prediction Strike will choose one person who signs up with code LOCKED and makes a deposit to win 100 free random shares. That can be worth up to $3,000 if you get lucky and receive Josh Allen shares. Invest in what you know on Prediction Strike, the stock market for sports. This episode also is brought to you by our friends over at Blue Nile. Whether you're looking to pop the question or have a milestone to celebrate or want to let your love sparkle, Blue Nile can help you make your celebrations even more memorable. As the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below traditional retailers. Blue Nile has helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Their easy online tools let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then help you handcraft her perfect one-of-a-kind engagement ring looking for a piece of fine jewelry to commemorate that special milestone but still having trouble choosing blue now has jewelry experts on hand 24 7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget shop stress-free with blue now is 100 satisfaction guarantee all blue now orders are insured and shipped for free and discreet packaging they also offer overnight shipping if you're in a rush make your moment sparkle with blue nile go to blue and use promo code locked on to save 50 dollars on your first purchase of 500 dollars or more that's bluenile.com code locked on to save fifty dollars on your purchase of five hundred dollars or more bluenile.com code locked on okay so pj walker should he be the guy moving forward people are wondering <laughs> i don't know how many people are wondering but steve wilkes excuse me the interim head coach here in carolina was asked about that following the panthers 21 to 3 win today if pj would be the guy and wilkes said Right now, it would be tough to take him out. Now, if you look at last week's performance, it did not look like Steve Wilkes had any sort of confidence at all in P.J. Walker. And as I said, why would he? He didn't bring P.J. here. In past performances, P.J. has turned it over in his starts against the Lions where he threw two red zone interceptions. Now, the defense was excellent that day, pitching a shutout like they were excellent again today. Last week against Arizona, the highlight of the story, really the story of the game was Cam Newton coming in. And that really showed how much confidence Matt Rule had in P.J. Walker that P.J., who was set to start, didn't even get a chance to start without the guy who's coming in to replace him being on the roster and that being Cam Newton. So if Matt Rule didn't trust in P.J. Walker to the point where he brought in Baker Mayfield this offseason and Matt Corral, and he was the fourth and obviously the odd man out heading into training camp, why on earth would Steve Wilkes trust in P.J. Walker? But as I mentioned earlier, Steve Wilkes understood that the offensive game plan that he and Ben McAdoo had last week just was not going to work. And he talked about they're going to be more aggressive. I still don't look at Steve Wilkes as being a very aggressive head coach, considering the time where they had twice an opportunity to kick a 54-yard field goal. Now, early on in the game, I was confused by that, considering Eddie Pinheiro has already done that this season. Now, maybe, I don't know, it didn't really seem like it was a very windy day here in Charlotte. Maybe there's some factors that led into it. He talked to um, Chris Tabor, the special teams coach, and asked him, hey, what do you think about this? They weren't confident about it. But they certainly don't strike me as being a very aggressive offensive team, especially a very aggressive uh, head coach in Steve Wilkes. All that being said, though, they put way more on P.J. Walker's plate today than they did a week ago, and it was necessary if they wanted to win this game. And they saw last week, we can't win this way. Our defense is going to get tired. And still, they went 
three and out plenty of times today. And there was plenty of Johnny Hecker putts that we saw today. But still, Wilkes instilled confidence in P.J. Walker probably throughout the week. And he's instilled confidence in this team throughout the week as they've all come together to have this kind of performance where they beat Tampa Bay 21-3. to And we can finally feel good about this team, even for a brief moment. In totality, no. They're still not good. But for a brief moment, we can look at the Carolina Panthers and actually be proud of them going out there and beating a division foe. Because even if you want the team to tank and the guys aren't tanking, as long as they, if they beat division teams, I think everyone's going to be happy about that. Like, you lose to the Rams or you beat the Rams, like, okay, cool. But it's always going to feel a lot more special when they beat the Saints, when they beat the Buccaneers, and then hopefully next week if they can go down to Atlanta and beat the Falcons. Now, the question is, will P.J. be the starter? Like Steve Wilkes, again, said it would be tough to take him out. And considering the situation, because a lot of NFL towns, we've already seen this. I mean, we've done it here in Charlotte. When Kyle Allen was coming in and McCaffrey was playing his ass off and the defense was doing a great job, people were giving Kyle Allen all the credit, even though Kyle Allen turned out to be a bum. Shocker. Who could have seen that one coming? <laughs> um, but then you look in Dallas. Cooper Rush. Oh, my God. Cooper Rush. He's the guy. Then you saw last Sunday night. Bum. Dak Prescott comes in today. Dallas wins. They're fine. We love to do this. We anoint the backup quarterback as the dude. Now, in those situations, of course, a lot different with Kyle Allen and Cam Newton here a couple years ago because Cam never came back, so it had to be Allen's job, but also the thought he was ever going to be the franchise I thought was crazy. But with Dak and Cooper Rush, like clearly like Dak is getting all this money. The Cowboys are not going to hand his team over to this dude. And here in Carolina, though, it's different because it's not like there's an answer on the roster. Like Matt Corral – would be the guy I think everyone would want to see right now if he was healthy. Well, he's not healthy, so he's out for the season. So we don't have that alternative here in Carolina. Baker Mayfield is going to cost his team – well, they already got the fifth-round pick by trading um, Chris McCaffrey to San Francisco, but he could become a fourth-round pick that the Browns get if he plays 70% of the snaps. There really is no incentive for the Carolina Panthers to play Baker Mayfield the rest of the season, especially when you look at how bad he was in those first five games of this season. I see no reason for Baker Mayfield to play another game. Now, there's already reports out that Baker and Sam should both be back and ready at practice and possibly could play next week in Atlanta if called on. I'm just looking at it, though. Like, we know what Baker is at this point in time. He's not going to help the team. No reason to play him. Sam Darnold, we know what he is. My thought last week was that Steve Wilkes clearly didn't trust P.J. Walker, so whenever Sam or Baker is healthy, that would be the guy. And for me, I would be leaning to Sam just go just because of the – the fact that I didn't want to give up more of the pick than you already have given up. Like the, with the compensation going from a fifth round to fourth round or the condition going from fifth to fourth, if Baker plays 70% of the snaps. After the day, I'm wondering really what's going through Steve Wilkes' mind. I'm sure he'll be asked about it again tomorrow after he's able to look at the tape and he's asked, he's in the media meets with him again and he'll give more into like his insight of what they should do moving forward. I don't really know, man, <laughs> what they should do. Other than not play Baker. Sam, how healthy is he? Baker Mayfield probably thought he could have played today. But Steve Wilkes talked about, hey, like I want a guy who's 100% healthy. Baker Mayfield is not that. I'm not really interested in that. I also don't think he's very interested in playing Baker at all. So we'll see moving forward, like whether it will be P.J. Walker. I'm totally fine with seeing P.J. for another week. Just knowing that Sam's no good. Baker, he's no good. Why not? Like the Panthers are what three and one with PJ Walker. I think it was Michael David Smith of Pro Football Talk who tweeted this out that over the last forty-eight games, the Panthers are now three and one, and PJ Walker is their starting quarterback, and nine and thirty-five of all other starting quarterbacks. Now QB wins, not a stat. 
It is interesting, though, because this team really seems to rally around P.J. when he plays, especially the defensive unit, because they shut out the Lions back in 2020. Last year, how they played against Arizona. I mean, last week, played really well in the first half. Now, the Panthers, when you look at DVOA, and this was put out there by Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders, they're fourth in total defense in the first half when it comes to DVOA, and then they're dead last in the second half because typically the offense doesn't move the football, these guys get tired, and then, you know, the Panthers lose. That didn't happen today. The defense was excellent. They were excellent in the first half last week. They have stood up whenever P.J.'s played. And P.J. was talking about the conversation that he's had for Shaq Thompson and how, for him, personally, he wasn't necessarily, like, happy for himself that the Panthers won this game, but he's happy for the guys in that locker room like Shaq who've been around, who remember what it's like to win, but also have seen a lot of losing. So maybe these guys really are galvanized by P.J. Walker being the quarterback. I don't know. I have no idea, but I'm happy for P.J. the way he played, happy for Steve Wilkes, and would like to see uh, what's going to happen moving forward. It's, it's a tough call. I would like to see Sam maybe, maybe, just to see like what he could be, because I'm seeing someone bring it up, like, hey, it would be, nice, be interesting to see what Sam looks like behind a new improved offensive line. That's a good point that uh, Matthew brings up here in the chat. We know Sam's not the answer. Like, P.J.'s not the answer either. But, hey, if it's, if it's working and it's not like you have a defined guy there, I don't know. Why not? <laughs> who knows? I mean, the money, Baker and Sam, you've, you've already burned that. So who knows? We'll see what happens uh, here the rest of the week as Baker and Sam get back to uh, full strength, relatively. Okay, so let's talk NFC South. Let's get ahead of ourselves here for a moment. The Panthers, possibly, if they win next week, could be in first place. That's how bad this division is. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. All right, today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. So how does Prize Picks work? You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch. That includes the NBA, the NFL, the NBA. Oh, sorry, you said the NBA. Well, all these sports, golf, cricket, tennis, it does not matter. You can use Prize Picks and use it for any sport out there. Make sure to go to PrizePicks.com. And I've lost the ad. This is why I hate doing these things live. Okay, where is the ad? All right, download the Price Pick app or go to PricePick.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. So don't forget to use promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. When you download the Price Picks app or go to PricePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking at the division standings right now, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, three and four. The Atlanta Falcons, three and four. Carolina Panthers, two and five. New Orleans Saints, two and five. Looking at the schedule this week, Tampa Bay is playing Baltimore. I think they host them on Thursday night football. The Baltimore Ravens should beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs just lost to the 1-5 Panthers, who they were 13-point favorites against on the road. The week before, they lost to Pittsburgh, who they were a 9-point favorite against 
on the road. Clearly, this Bucks team is not good. This is a bad football team. The Saints are a bad football team. Not having Jameis doesn't help, but they're not very good right now, and they're really banged up, and that's played a role. And it's also played a role Tampa Bay with their offensive line. Not great so far. The Panthers, as we know, not a good football team. The Falcons, as we know, a little better than we thought, but still, they gave up, what, 350 yards passing to Joe Burrow in the first half in their loss at Cincinnati today. They're not any good. Everyone in the NFC South right now is simultaneously competing for the division title and a top-five pick. You win a division, your fan base might not be happy because that means you're not going to get a top-five pick. And for all of these teams, Carolina, Tampa, even though Tom Brady said earlier this week he has no intentions of retiring, although it looks like he really should, and he might not have a choice if he plays this way the rest of the year, but Tampa, Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta all need quarterbacks. I get that the Panthers and the Falcons drafted guys and Desmond Ritter out there in Atlanta and then here in Carolina with Matt Corral. I don't know what the plan is with the Falcons down 85 South. I, it's hard for me to imagine that they really think Desmond Ritter is the answer, and if they're in the top five, they're not going to take one of those guys. But Maybe they don't want to do that. I don't know. Hopefully they don't because good luck with Desmond Ritter. Carolina, new head coach is coming in. I don't see that guy saying, yeah, let me hitch my wagon to Matt Corral. Don't see that happening, especially if you're in your top five. But everyone in this division right now is pretty bad. And we remember 2014 where the Panthers lost, what, six or seven games in a row or something like that. And then they turn it around, win a division at seven, eight, and one. That's what we're looking at this year. I'm, winning six or seven games might be good enough. And I'm not trying to hype up the Panthers potentially winning the division because I still don't think it's a good team. And I would still be shocked that they're able to win five games. Although it is a positive that for a team where you look at some of the pieces that they don't want to trade away, like Brian Burns, of course, like J.C. Horn, Jeremy Chin, but Derek Brown, DJ Moore, when you look at that and you see them be competitive and win a game like today, it does make you feel more encouraged that if they get a quarterback and the right guy, they actually could take that step. Now, if they're going out and losing 21-3 to to Tampa today, then it would likely make you feel like, okay, there's way more that needs to change in this roster before you can really buy into this team being able to compete for a division title and actually get that sustained success that David Tepper talked about. But right now, if they are able to beat Atlanta, we're talking about a team that could actually be in first place in the division. And I don't really know if that what like how I don't really know how I'd feel about that. Now that's not something we're gonna have to talk about. I mean we're talking about it now, but it's not something we're gonna have to really have to address until next week if that is how things play out. Because I do think it I do think um Tampa Bay is gonna lose to Baltimore. I look at the Saints, they're playing the Raiders. The Raiders are really not any good, but if Andy Dalton's playing again, probably gonna lean the Raiders. I think they have to go to Las Vegas. If the Panthers win against Atlanta, like they would be tied for first with Tampa Bay, but they would have the tiebreaker through eight weeks of the season. And to be halfway through a season and in first place, as bad as the quarterback situation is and as bad as we look at this the organization and how much we don't like David Tepper, <laughs> that would not be terrible. And if that happens for Steve Wilkes, like what, like what does that mean for him moving forward? When I listen to Steve Wilkes talk, he's a leader, man. Like, it's a different kind of tone and presentation than what we got with, with Matt Rule. And, of course, they're different people. But Steve Wilkes seems like a serious dude. And when he talked about in this press conference today how he showed highlights to the guys last night 
of the the uh, previous division games against Atlanta and against Tampa, against New Orleans, and just showing you like, hey, how much these, how important these games mean, and what we used to do, and when they won back to back to back NFC South division titles, when Steve Wilkes is here under Ron Rivera, just showing him the emphasis of how important this game is, and how three of the next four games coming to today were against division opponents, and if you take care of those, you put yourself in a good position, and really for Carolina, if there's going to be any sort of success this season, especially looking at the division. It's like if they can have success in the division, like that's the only chance, of course, they have to go to the playoffs. Now, they're not going to be a playoff team. Have a hard time seeing that happening. But just speaking in terms of like you know, what it could mean for Seawooks moving forward, because you want to get the right head coach. And having previous experience, someone who has an experienced head coach, of course, been here in Carolina, loves the team. Obviously, it has to mean a lot to him that he's head coach here, currently even on an interim basis. Like You want to find the right guy. You got to find the right quarterback. You got to find the right head coach. And I don't know how much confidence I have in David to ever find the right head coach out on the market after what we've seen with Matt Rule, with Miguel Angel Ramirez, with Charlotte FC. Like, if Steve Wilkes presents himself as that guy and you can find a way to get the quarterback too, then, like, you're in a good situation. So we'll see how it plays out over the next week with PJ, with Sam and Baker and what they want to do heading into Atlanta. And also, like, if they're able to beat the Falcons and where they are next week at this time in the NFC South standings. All I know is... Today was shocking. I, I did not see that one coming, and I'm sure none of you saw that coming either. One of the most inexplicable wins in Carolina Panthers history. But I'm happy that they got a win. I'm happy for Steve Wilkes. I'm happy for P.J. Walker. I'm happy for everyone in that locker room. that I, They weren't caught off guard, surely, by Christian McCaffrey being traded. But they certainly had to think to themselves, like, man, like we just lost one of our best guys. One of the dudes who's been a leader in this locker room. What are we going to do now? We, we got to circle the wagons, figure it out, and they did it by winning 21-3 to against Tampa Bay and making Tom Brady look absolutely washed. You got to love it. Anytime the Panthers can beat Tom Brady is a good day. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm here with Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then on Sundays, going to probably keep trying to go live. Hopefully the ad reads aren't as long next time as I can't breathe while I'm trying to do it back-to-back. Either way, Make sure to check out the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Subscribe there. Also, check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe as well. And follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. Either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council, to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag. In the meantime, be happy, be whole. As always... Keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all Monday as we can, or Tuesday rather, as we continue to break down all of what happened today and find out whether PJ Walker will be the guy moving forward. So until then, take care. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.